This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, January 28th. This is how we do it. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside my fellow Jersey boy, Jason Shepard. <laughs> let's, uh, let's make sure people don't, don't think we're talking about New Jersey. Uh, or <laughs> Actual the, Jersey. Or the musical phenomenon uh, that is the Jersey Boys. Uh, we're talking about our jerseys. I got, uh, I got my guy, yep. my homes, mm-hmm. my Chiefs this weekend. You're sporting the, uh, the Joe Burrow. In the losing Cincinnati Bengals over the weekend. I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Jason, I think you're worried. I think you're oh, worried. No, no. Look, I'm always worried. <laughs> I am a nervous fan, like, with all my teams. Even if we're favored by, like, 30. Like, I'm always, well, we're going to be the one team that loses a game in which we're favored by 30. <laughs> like, I, that's me. I'm always worried, so that's not uh, that's not a shock. Here's my mentality as a Cincinnati Bengals fan. It's all house money right now. The Bengals hadn't won a playoff game in more than three decades, 31 years. Boomer Esiason was a quarterback for Cincinnati the last time the Bengals won a playoff game until Joe Burrow came around. They won one, then they beat Tennessee. So regardless of what happens tomorrow, it has been – an ultimate success for Joe Burrow and the Bengals in his second year of the NFL. Well, and what's cool about this, you get to this point of the NFL playoffs and all of the matchups are fantastic. Whether it's the AFC between the Chiefs and the Bengals, you look in the NFC between Fred Warner and the Niners taking on the Rams in L.A. Can they continue their dominance over the Rams? Like both of these matchups, they're going to be really fun games and honestly should be good matchups from start to finish. Jason, whether you're rooting for the Bengals, which is the correct answer, (laughs) or the Chiefs, which is, in Jason's mind, the Why correct answer. Why do you answer. hate Andy Reid and everybody? <laughs> Why do you hate Daniel Sorensen? I'm torn, Anderson? Jason. Everyone will win with our Friday show lineup. <laughs> ESPN play-by-play specialist Roxy Bernstein joins us. How much of a negative impact will last night's BYU basketball last in the final seconds at Santa Clara have on the Cougars' NCAA tournament resume. After conference championship weekend in the NFL, will we have former BYU Cougars on both sidelines of the Super Bowl? Plus, women's basketball absolutely dominates another WCC opponent and drop in bracketology multiple spots. And Alex Osu of BYU Men's Volleyball joins us live. Loaded show. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. All right, let's get to it. Basketball loses a heartbreaker on the road at Santa Clara in the final second, 77 to 76. Alex Barcelo led BYU with 20 points for assists. The Cougars are on the road, continuing the two-game trip in California at Pacific on Saturday night at 9.30 Eastern time. Listen on BYU Radio. Watch on ESPNU. Also, the Cougars remain an eight seed in the latest Joe Lenardi bracket this morning. More on that coming up. Interesting. 16th ranked BYU women's basketball, as many of you already know, and as I just referenced, beat up on Santa Clara in Provo last night. 76-44, 32-point win. Tegan Graham at 16 points, made three three-pointers. However, BYU drops from a projected three seed 
to a five seed in bracketology. Why? Get Charlie Cream back on. Probably because a bunch of other teams won. The Cougs host San Francisco tomorrow at 4 Eastern. That game also live on BYU TV. All right. Men's volleyball gets the win over Mount Olive. Last night in five sets, freshman Mix Romanus had a season and career high 23 kills. Davide Gardini left in the first set with an ankle sprain. Hopefully he's going to be okay and it's not too serious. The two meet again tomorrow at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Wild match between the Cougars and Trojans and who knows what's going to happen when you have a young team trying to figure some things out on the BYU side. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo held his annual, I should say semi-annual yes. presser yesterday with several members of the media. He discussed the future of BYU athletics in large part, specifically as it pertains to the Cougars integrating into the Big 12. Recruiting, we'll have much more on this coming up in What's Trending. All right, we were just talking about a Cougars in the NFL this weekend. Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, Zane Anderson, and the Chiefs hosting the Bengals on Sunday in the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. And Matt Bushman, right, Jason? And Matt Bushman. Okay. Yes, please. Probably practice not going to get on the field because he's on the practice <laughs> squad. But yes, he's there. Okay. Thanks for bringing up another member you're that well, you're, you're shunning welcome. for not being a fan. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I do what I can. Uh, the NFC Championship game features Fred Warner and the 49ers in L.A. against the Rams. The winners meet at SoFi Stadium in the Super Bowl on February 13th. 21st ranked BYU women's gymnastic host hosting their first meet of the season at home in the Smithfield House. Number 23, Utah State in the building tonight, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. You can watch that meet live on BYU TV with the rest of the Gymternet. BYU Baseball's Cole Gamble and Andrew Pintar were named to the 2022 Perfect Game preseason WCC All-Conference team. Also, Pintar was tabbed as the conference's player of the year. Wow. If you want to see this team, the Cougars are holding scrimmages today at 2 p.m. and tomorrow at noon at Miller Park. Both are open to the public and both scrimmages are free. A lot of sunshine, still be cold, bring a jacket. BYU track and field at the Washington Invitational in the Seattle area. Connor Mance, by the way, was named a 2021 NCAA Division I Men's Cross Country National Scholar Athlete of the Year by the USTF CCCA. He's now won this award just like he did the national championship, Jason, in cross country in back-to-back -back seasons. That's what he does. He goes back-to-back. -back. Everything he does, it's back-to-back. -back. Unbelievable. I like it. Men's tennis hosts Grand Canyon today. The match is set to begin at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. The women's team, they are on the road facing Cal at Berkeley. Swim and dive, not to be forgotten, they host Utah for their last home meet of the season today and tomorrow. The dive meet begins today at 7 p.m. Eastern. Saturday's meet at 1 Eastern. All rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What in the world happened last night to BYU basketball at Santa Clara? Jason, the Cougars were up four with 40 seconds remaining and had the ball. Yeah. At that point, I texted my sister and said, BYU about to wrap up what I hope becomes another quad one victory. Uh, check that, Spencer. That's not going to happen because BYU ultimately loses in the final seconds on a Jalen Williams runner. However, Jason, as much as this stings BYU fans and as much as it makes you want to pull your hair out as a BYU fan, 
Did the loss last night hurt BYU's pride or tournament resume more? It's interesting because last night you felt it was both because you didn't have all of the information yet. You certainly felt bad because of the loss in general. So as a BYU fan, you were hurting for that simple fact. But you also thought, well, they've got to take a hit because it's another loss. Well, this morning actually brings a lot more clarity to that, and it looks like BYU really wasn't uh, given any negative marks for that loss last night in terms of the metrics. Most everything stayed the same for the Cougars. Look, and we spent a lot of time yesterday, talk, even though we certainly expected BYU to win the game, talking about how good Santa Clara was mm -hmm. and that this team is dangerous. Now, again, we expected BYU to win, and they should have won. It was just some too many mistakes at key moments during that last 45 seconds that cost the Cougars the game. But the, but the metrics today say that it did not hurt them. And so right now, you go in saying, well, right now it just dinged the pride. It's unbelievable that BYU, and this according to Ken Pomeroy's win probability chart that Greg Rubel <laughs> tweeted out last night, which – Again, makes you want to pull out even more hair. BYU had a 90% chance of winning the game <laughs> with about 40 seconds to play. 90% chance to win the game. And then with eight seconds left, BYU still had an 83% chance to win the game, Jason. But it didn't happen. However, as you have pointed out, the BYU resume update today would suggest that it doesn't really matter in the long term. BYU drops one spot in the net rankings from 28 to 29. Okay, if you want to call that a hit, whatever. It cost BYU one spot in the net rankings. There are more than 350 NCAA Division I teams, by the way. BYU stays the same in the Ken Palmer ratings, number 23. It did move them in bracketology off of Joe Lenardi's seven seed line but not necessarily in his latest bracket. He had BYU as an eight seed. There's some difficulty there with trying to fit BYU into a Thursday-Saturday scenario. Yes, where they have to fit. So essentially they stay the same, an eight seed in bracketology. Team rankings, 76% chance for BYU to still make the tournament. The Cougars did add a quadrant two victory last night because Weber State is getting better, and so BYU's win on the road in Ogden now counts Thanks, Weber. as a quad two win. So while BYU lost a quad two game, they pick up a quad two game all on the same night. Aren't metrics fun? Well, this is where this is where the analytics for for everybody that's anti-analytics. This is one of those times where analytics helps ease the pain a little bit because the metrics and the numbers don't change very much at all. And so, even though it stings that BYU lost a game that they should not have lost, it should not hurt them in terms of their ultimate goals and going to the postseason and in the NCAA tournament. That's the good news. The other good news is this team has shown resiliency game in and game out. After a loss, they come back, and they're going to Pacific, okay? Yeah, mark but, it down. BYU is going to beat Pacific. Look, Pacific's and still looking for its first conference win. Mark so, Pope's not going to lose back-to-back yes. -back games in the regular season. Yes, they're going to beat the Pacific Tigers. So there's plenty of time to get back on another run, which I fully expect them to do. I do think, in a little way, that BYU not winning that game at Santa Clara may hurt the Cougars' chances of finishing second place in the West Coast Conference, Jason, because St. Mary's 
erased a 23-point deficit at San Francisco last night and won. So this puts BYU's chances of being in the top two and having a bye all the way to the conference tournament semifinals in peril. Well, but just now, now you got to beat St. Mary's yes, and at, win the rest of your games. You have to, you have to beat St. Mary's in Moraga. Probably right. You can't slip up again, right? Or you have to hope that St. Mary's slips up somewhere. Sure. Which look, if you're going to get down by 23, maybe they're maybe they're more vulnerable than, okay. than we thought. Yes, they came back, but you know, you never know. So I think that hurts a little bit. And then, if BYU had beaten Santa Clara, then they're probably a seven seed when bracketology comes out on Monday from Joe Lenardi and not an eight seed, which I like. I just like the idea of BYU not being in the eight nine game. Yeah. But there's still opportunity for them to get out of that, right? Yeah. Look, the good news is we're telling everybody, yes, it stings that BYU lost the game, but it doesn't necessarily change the trajectory of where they're going in the postseason. So that is certainly a welcome sight after the loss last night. All right, moving on to topic number two. Yesterday, Athletic Director Tom Holmo met with the media to discuss a variety of topics. Spencer, of all the things that were discussed, and there were a lot, uh, to you, what was the most interesting thing that Tom Holmo mentioned yesterday? Well, I think I am in line with what Kalani Satake is most interested in, and that is bolstering the staff for BYU football, specifically as the Cougars try and get on par with and compete in the Big 12 and those major programs because their football staffs overall, I'm not talking just like assistant coaches, we're talking recruiting coordinators, meal planners, strength and conditioning, having multiple people in all of those aspects of your program. They just have way more people. And so, not surprisingly, Tom Holmo was asked about this. Will BYU find its place as far as staffing goes in the Big 12? This is what the athletic director had to say. Are we going to be able to match Oklahoma or Kansas? If you look at Kansas basketball operation, are we, do, are we, do we think we're going to just go right to the top? Where do we go? Well, I'm talking about in terms of uh, structure. And the answer is no. That's where we have to be smart enough and strategic enough to try to get to the point where we feel we're best to start. And then we may overshoot or be way under. But you want to be as close to where you think is right for BYU. And that's what we're doing right now. So to me, Jason, that means that BYU is going to add more staffers, not as many as Kansas and Oklahoma, but they will add some and try and do so in a very, very, as he said, strategic way. Well, and the way I took it, it was that, look, if we say, okay, Oklahoma and Texas have X number of guys, that doesn't mean we have to have the exact same number. But we go in thinking this is what's going to work for BYU. Then when BYU gets in it, then you say, okay, well, based off of what we thought, maybe we need to adjust this. Maybe we need to adjust adding four or five more. To, or or maybe, maybe we actually have too many now. So I think it's, it was all about we need to do what's best for us now. Then when we get in, we can adjust it further based off of what the actual reality is once we're there. I think, and I think that's a great way to approach it. Okay, what about you? What was number one for you? Look, uh, there were a lot of things, but, but one of the things that stood out to me was when he talked about recruiting. Because what do we say? It's a cliche. It's the lifeblood of any program. It's how you can recruit. And I loved how emphatic Tom was talking about how things have improved in such a short period of time since announcing they're going to the Big 12 regarding their recruiting. Yeah, there's no question the recruiting is totally different. I, I want to separate those. I think our recruits understand that. We, we, I don't think there's any question that we lost recruits in the past because we weren't a member of a 
Power Five conference. And some of those recruits had offers to play in a P5 conference. And now that can't be the argument. No, and, and I like what he's like. It's, it may not necessarily, it's not going to change everything, but something that, uh, that was viewed as a negative against BYU is no longer on the table for others to use. So it helps even the playing field that they're now going to be a P5 uh, member uh, of a conference. Yeah, while you wouldn't have gotten some of the bigger recruits that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the past, now you've put yourself in a category yes. to truly compete with Utah and Stanford and Oregon and USC saying, hey, we are a P5 now. In fact, if you don't want to play in the Pac-12 and you want to test your skills in the Big 12, why don't you come this direction? And I like that. It's not going to fix everything. The honor code is still going to provide challenges for BYU to recruit on because not everybody's going to want that. Sure. Not everybody's going to want that collegiate experience as a student athlete. But those that are certainly the highest level members of the church are now looking at BYU as, okay, they're in the club. Yes. You're no longer immediately taken out of the running because you're not in a P5 conference. That's, that's there now. So as he said, it's no longer an argument. And a credit to BYU for being Power 5-like, even when they weren't in the Big 12. Yep. BYU in the West Coast Conference still trying to do something they haven't done on the basketball side, at least the men, and that is win some type of WCC championship, whether it's in the regular season or it's in a tournament format. Our question of the day is about BYU men's basketball. Did last night's loss to Santa Clara hurt BYU's pride? or NCAA tournament resume more? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Jonathan Hawk answers on Twitter, without a doubt last night's loss to Santa Clara hurt BYU's pride the most. BYU did everything to win the game in the second half until the last 50 seconds of the game where the Cougars made every conceivable mistake to hand Santa Clara the win. Hashtag BYU. Yeah, of the three or four mistakes down the uh, down the stretch, if one of those is different, BYU likely still wins the game. Oh boy! All right, coming up, what's the chance for another BYU guys Super Bowl? And ESPN play-by-play -play specialist, friend of the program, Roxy Bernstein, joins us. Does he think BYU will still finish at least second in the WCC after last night's loss? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Gymnastics hosting Utah State tonight. Join us for all the hits and sticks at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. We are live in Studio B on a Friday with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton. To my left sits Jason Shepard. It is Jersey Day in Studio B. Joining us now and repping a different type of shirt, which we also love, is ESPN play-by-play -play specialist, friend of the program, Roxy Bernstein. Roxy, you look fantastic in that long-sleeve BYU Sports Nation t-shirt. If it's free, Spence, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some more stuff for you for sure. Hey, Roxy, you know what? BYU Sports Nation's hurting a little bit this morning because they saw a 90-plus percent chance of winning the game against Santa Clara with under a minute to play at the Levy Center last night, and then it kind of just blew up in BYU's face. Did that loss last night hurt BYU's pride or NCAA tournament more, in your opinion? 
I, I think it hurt their pride more than their spot in the field right now. Just because they've done enough work to this point with some quality wins. Like, for example, the blowout win against Oregon looks better every day with Oregon playing better, even though the Ducks lost to Colorado on Tuesday. But I think they've done enough work. And so now, and they've also had to adjust, of course, playing without the two big guys, and they're doing it. But they also benefit guys. I, I think for the, the league is really good this year. This is the best we've seen the WCC, and it's not just the four teams that are right now projected in the field by Joe Lenardi. But the bottom of the league is better. There are no gimmies anymore, and I think that's helped the quality and depth of the conference and why the league is perceived better. Roxy, did anything change your opinion on where BYU ends up in the conference with the loss last night? Obviously, with St. Mary's coming back from 23 down to win that game, BYU still has to go to Moraga to play the Gales. Uh, do you think they still end up in the number two spot, which is, you know, we, it looked like they were destined for that. Do you think that's still the case? I think it's going to be tough because I, I, I like the way St. Mary's is coming on now, and you alluded to the game last night. They stole one, right? They were down 38-15. And somehow they found a way to come back on the hilltop on the road in San Francisco and win. So uh, that's a critical victory for them. They played better recently. I like the veteran experience that St. Mary's has. Now, BYU has the win over the Gales, and they still have to play Gonzaga as well. It's not going to be easy for anybody just to automatically walk to the second spot, but we know how critical getting that two seed is when you get to Orleans Arena in Vegas. You get the double bye. So this is going to be a challenge for both teams to finish strong. I just, at this point, I think St. Mary's has a little bit more. And what concerns me about BYU is the lack of size. Yes, Fusini Traore does a lot of things for you. But Matthias Toss is playing at such a high level for St. Mary's. He's a difficult matchup, I think, for BYU. Yeah, for me, where it hurts the most, if we're talking positioning and resume, no, BYU's still a tournament team like you've talked about, Roxy. But, man, it kind of feels like BYU losing at Santa Clara has now the Cougars pacing for that number three spot. And you got to play on Saturday instead of being able to wait until Monday, which stings. But we'll see how it plays out. As it pertains to a four-bid conference, San Francisco losing last night, are you still buying the West Coast Conference as a four-bid league for the NCAA tournament? The eye test tells me that USF is a tournament team. So that would be the fourth in my eyes with BYU, St. Mary's, and certainly Gonzaga in the field. But USF's had two heartbreaking, just gut-wrenching losses. When you look at the loss to BYU that San Francisco had at home, to the Cougars were, okay, BYU burped one up last night at Santa Clara. BYU also, I thought, stole that game from USF. Yeah. USF should be kicking themselves for losing that game to BYU. But so now the Dons, they can't get it back. They have some work to do. That was a really good road win for BYU. But USF right now is teetering, and that loss last night at home hurts a lot. They're going to have to beat somebody maybe along the way that they're not anticipated beating, whether that's going to the Marriott Center and winning, if whether it's in Vegas knocking somebody off. I don't anticipate anybody beating Gonzaga from the league this year just because I think they're that much better than everybody else. But they will still have some challenges, like going to the Marriott Center. The Zags also have to go to St. Mary's. 
But for USF, they still have a little bit of work to do. I wouldn't feel as good about my position if I'm Todd Golden right now as I do about it if I'm Mark Pope or Randy Bennett. You mentioned Foose a second ago, and you've obviously had an opportunity to see him up close a couple of times, and his story is just phenomenal. And the fact that he's doing what he's doing when this was not expected to be his role at all, and he's excelling at it, certainly um, as the season goes on and, and in conference play. What do you like about his story and, and really what he brings on a team that you mentioned is starved for some size? Well, look, he's only 6'6", right? But we've seen the wingspan and the physicality and the toughness that he brings. But what I love about his game is his energy and that no-quit determination. He's always hustling. He's always looking to make plays. And the excitement, it just seems like it's infectious. And his teammates genuinely love playing with him. So that's the thing that really strikes me when I watch him play for BYU. And it, not just him, but you look at Atiki Ali. Atiki wasn't supposed to have a big role on this team either. You're expecting uh, Baxter to have, and Harward to have huge roles for BYU, but out of necessity. You never know when that opportunity is going to come. And I think Foose is probably a little bit more ready for it at this point than Atiki Ali Atiki. But they're needed on this team out of necessity, and Mark Pope is going to give them opportunities because he needs them. And this team can't win without those two guys. But certainly what Foose has brought to the table has been welcome for this locker room considering what they've had to deal with. Roxy Bernstein, dual threat play-by-play guy for ESPN, does both college basketball and college football, does fantastic work for the Pac-12 Network as well. Let's segue to football before we say goodbye to you, Roxy. BYU now becoming a member of the Big 12, and that happens in 2023, leading one more season of independence with – you know, a few more Pac-12 teams. But uh, as far as it goes from 2023 on, what do you see BYU's future with the Pac-12 in football being like in terms of scheduling when BYU's playing eight or nine conference games in the Big 12? That's the tough thing is, okay, how many conference games are both going to be playing? Will the Pac-12 drop from nine? Will they go to an eight-game league schedule? That could open opportunities for BYU to continue some of these regional series certainly everybody wants to see the rivalry with utah continue i think it's great for everybody but you're going to have limitations on it when you go into a conference right now you're playing 12 games and you have a slate basically to schedule who you want until you go into the big 12 that's going to change and some of these great games with usc we've seen over the years cal stanford uh washington you're not going to be able to have that flexibility anymore. And especially if you want to keep that rivalry with Utah, there's going to be challenges for Tom Homo and everybody to navigate through to keep those regional rivalries going. But I think everybody really wants to see that Utah game still stay on the schedule. Since you mentioned Cal, I'd love to get your thoughts on um, Chris Brooks, the running back that uh, is now uh, with Kalani Satake in the BYU football program. What, uh, what can you tell our listeners and viewers about Chris? I was a big Christopher Brooks fan when he was at Cal, formerly Christopher Brown as well. Uh, Then he changed his name to honor his mom. But Christopher Brooks is a tough, physical runner. He is quicker than you think he is when you look at him because he's got a big frame. And the other thing that I really like about his game is his versatility. Yes, he can run between the tackles. He's really good in pass protection as well as catching the ball out of the backfield. So he's not just, okay, pound and ground and 
four or five yards a carry and just chewing up the defense. He can also do some things that hurt you on the outside. So I like the versatility that BYU will be getting with Christopher Brooks transferring there. I think he's going to have an impact, certainly, uh, with the BYU offense because of his versatility. No, I can't wait to see him run behind BYU's very experienced and talented offensive line. Roxy, before you go, I need to ask, can you confirm – along with UCLA, that Justin Wilcox is still the head football coach at Cal? <laughs> oh, boy. That, how, what are, was it PFF College that yes. tweeted that out? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, look, we know he turned down the Oregon job, so that, that wasn't going to happen. You know, and people were skeptical. Was Chip Kelly going to sign that extension? But I can confirm that Justin Wilcox <laughs> is the head coach of the number one public university in the world, the University of California at Berkeley. Yes. No matter what Bill Walton says, I deal in fact. What does Bill deal in? That's a very good question. I don't think we want to know the answer to that. Oh, my goodness. Has there ever been a greater question than that? By the way, you know, you got your Bengals and your Chiefs. Nobody has a Tom Homo 49ers jersey. What's up with that? We need that. This is a great point you bring Somebody's up, Roxy. Somebody's got to break that out. Yeah, we've asked him about He's that. Super can, Bowl champion. Can we get one of those? We're also waiting for a Steve Young Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey as well. So we need to get both of those things in studio. Only if it's the creamsicle. Yes, yes the creamsicle that's the one. for sure. Yes, it yes. has to be. Hey, Roxy, yes. thanks for hanging out Definitely. with us. We know how busy you are. Uh, we look forward to your calls this weekend. Uh, enjoy those, and we'll talk again soon. Anytime, fellas. Good to catch up with you. Roxy Bernstein, He's favorite great. of BYU Sports Nation, rocking the BYUSN swag. As he said, if it's free, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's nothing wrong with wearing the free swag. We all want it, and we all love it. We should send him some more. Yes, we should. All right, coming up, Alex Asu joins us to talk men's volleyball. And has NFL coaching legend Andy Reid already cemented his legacy or does he need something more in this year's Super Bowl? Can't even believe you're asking. BYU this. Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. The 16th ranked and dominant BYU women's basketball team looks for their 27th win in a row at home on Saturday, hosting San Francisco. Watch the game live at 4 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Still trying to figure out how our guy, Charlie Cream, who's fantastic and joined us yesterday. Joined us on the show yesterday. BYU said, he said, was the number 12 team overall in his bracketology standings, which had them as the final three seed. A new bracket is released today, and they're a five seed, which means, Jason, they dropped at least five spots from 12 to what I'm thinking is they're the first five seed right now, number 17 overall. But still, why the five-spot drop? Is it because there were so many upsets that other teams leapfrogged? That, that has to be because they had a 33-point lead beginning the fourth quarter. <laughs> it was amazing. Hey, whatever. Just keep winning, ladies. He is Jason. I am Spencer. It is Jersey Day in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show. Follow us on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible. Correct that. <laughs> by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. All right. Uh, I am, uh, I'm going to read this under protest because I think this question is ridiculous. 
Andy Reid is the only coach ever to take two different teams to four straight conference championships in the NFL, obviously doing it uh, uh, with the Chiefs and previously with the Eagles. Uh -huh. But does he need another ring to solidify his legacy? Spencer, what say you? No, he doesn't need another Super Bowl ring to solidify his legacy, which is why it's perfectly fine for the Bengals to beat the Chiefs. Okay, Jason? Look, like, we're not going to give you a, a pity victory. This is not going to help Andy Reid. He's already incredible and wonderful and fantastic, and we love Andy Reid. So if he loses, no, it doesn't hurt his legacy at all. It's totally okay if the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Okay, well, it's not okay, but no, he does not need it. <laughs> Honestly, he, there, he probably didn't need the Super Bowl for his legacy, but having it certainly cemented it. Well, now, I, yeah, I think that there well, were some naysayers. No, no, that there were. He did. There were, but I I'm think glad he, had, he, did he had done enough that I think he was still going to be a Hall of Fame coach. Getting the Super Bowl like ended any discussions. So he does not need it for, for his legacy, although adding another Super Bowl is going to be nice. No, please. What's the chance of a 49ers-Chiefs rematch, mm -hmm. meaning BYU guys will be on both sidelines of the Super Bowl again? Look, it's, I don't want to say probable, but likely. Look, Chiefs are favored by a touchdown. The 49ers seem to own the Rams. Six wins in a row for the 49ers so, over the Rams. So, look, you would think that that's how this plays out. So, I would say likely. It's a coin flip. You know, I'm, I'm banking that one of the teams will feature BYU guys or a BYU guy in the Super Bowl. Both, I'd probably put it about, yeah, like 40%. The 49ers, yes, they have owned the Rams, but I, I don't know. I think I think the Rams are, the Rams playing, are playing much better. Playing better football yes. than the 49ers are overall right now. All right, we were just talking about this. BYU women's hoops drops from a three seed to a five seed in the latest bracketology. Does it all boil down to just other teams uh, leapfrogging the Cougars because of, of better wins? Yeah, and that's what stinks about this is BYU, and Charlie Cream told us this yesterday, they have like hit almost the ceiling as far as they can climb up bracketology. The three, three seed is probably the ceiling for right. BYU. If they handle Gonzaga and they run the table, then they absolutely deserve a three. At worst, a four seed, Yeah, Jason. five. I, I, that's really surprising. But they're me. just going to be relying on other teams above them to continue to lose, and you hate to have that out of your control. So, yeah, that, that's what it's become. Scoreboard watching and then keep dominating the West Coast Conference. In a list of the best bars... <laughs> I can't believe we're having this discussion. No, not energy bars or candy bars, but like an actual bar or pub in every college town. Big Game Boomer listed so delicious <laughs> as the best bar in Provo. <laughs> Did Big Game Boomer get it right or is he wrong? And it's, I don't know, swig. Look, I am not going to answer this question because I'm not 100% sure which one is currently the official one of BYU Athletics. So I'm going to say that he's in the right genre yeah. as to which one I don't know. Nobody said it couldn't be a soda bar, right? I think Big Game Boomer, absolutely. If he's not a BYU fan, he absolutely 100% perfectly understands BYU oh, he gets culture. It. He absolutely gets it, and I love it. Yeah. All right, coming up, why the worst performance of last night came from this very <laughs> studio. Plus, BYU men's volleyball survive a thriller. Alex Asu played a big role coming in late to help the Cougars sneak it out in five sets. He joins us next on BYU Sports Nation. And he's a Niner guy. Yes, he is.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's Hoops looks to bounce back tomorrow on the road at Pacific. You can join me at 8.30 Eastern time for Cougar pregame live on the radio. And then Greg Rubel and Mark Durant on the play-by-play call of the game at 9.30 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app. Welcome back, Bengals fans. And if you're not a Bengals fan, the rest of you to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. <laughs> Joining us now. I really do not want to lose to you over the weekend. I really, really don't. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. No expectations is a great feeling to have when you're going into it. I have like all this. expectations. I know. Very my own different. personal self-worth is wrapped up in whether my team wins or loses, okay? Very different roles here. <laughs> Joining us now, a man that... He came in late in the match, wasn't feeling great early in the match, but helped BYU figure it out to survive against Mount Olive last night. Apparently, uh, Alex Asu, one, it's great to have you, but hey, that first match of the weekend, you, you just go to five sets, right? That this is the standard? Yeah, seems like that's the theme, you know? <laughs> we just want to get the fans coming back for the yeah. next game, you know? You want to play more volleyball, right? Oh, yeah, all the time. Maximize the opportunity. Yeah, okay. of course. Now, when you are in a situation like that, and for those that didn't watch the match last night, one, how dare you? Where were you? Uh, and two, your buddy and one of your stars, Davide Gardini, goes down very early in set one. As I mentioned, you were not playing early. And it's just this collection of young talent primarily that's trying to figure it out. The talent is there, but just the experience is not backing it up yet. So how do you handle that as a team mentally? And you as a senior watching that unfold before your eyes. Yeah, it's it's a little hard just being able to sit there and not being able to do anything. But, you know, with our team, we don't have a lot of depth-wise experience, but we do have depth talent-wise. And so we knew this game was going to be a good one for the younger guys to get experience. And I think Mix um, did a super good job. 23 kills for the freshman Mix Romanus. Yeah, crazy. He just took over and then so once Davide went down it was like okay what what are we doing now and I thought we did actually if you look at the stats really good besides serving you know serving was our Achilles that night but so because of all of the reasons that you just mentioned how would you describe the season to this point Uh, a roller coaster and everything's a roller coaster with COVID you know 2020 was crazy last year was crazy no fans And then this year started out crazy. Going to Penn State, we didn't have two of our starters with us. Coming back last weekend, we thought it was all great. And then this weekend, Davide gets hurt. It's just like crazy ups and downs so far. Before the Penn State series to begin the the season, we had we had Sean in, and you know he was saying like, look. We, we know how young the team is and the, and the inexperience. We're not going to be the same team, you know, in a month or two that we are right now. This team is going to grow. In what areas have you seen that growth already beginning? Yeah, I think chemistry-wise, we've grown a lot already. Um, the whole fall, we were just mixing up guys on sixes just because we didn't know who was going to work well together. We didn't know who was going to mesh. And so I think that's been a huge part is just figuring out who can work well together. Um, and then I think some of the younger guys are finally stepping up, you know, like Mix and Zio, they're doing great jobs so far. Okay, so the dynamic and the emotional swings in last night's match were just wild. Maybe last night's match was a microcosm of what the entire season has been to this point, which is ups and downs. But you get to a fourth set, 
you drop that one. Now you're going to a fifth set. It's short. Anything can happen. BYU goes down four nothing. And then Alex, you're you're in the match. You're trying to help stabilize something that felt like it was a little bit out of control. So what was the plan after the timeout when BYU's down four to nothing in a first to fifteen winner take all fifth set? Yeah. I mean, Sean came over, he said, hey, it's still early, which is true. And at that point in time, you can't just hang your head and just say, oh, we lost this game, right? So we just had to be super confident. I know for me, you know, it's kind of hard sitting for two hours and then just going in there and, and trying to get it done. So I was just thinking, what can I do personally? And I said, I, I can bring leadership and I can bring energy. And I just tried to yell as loud as I could. And I actually lost my voice in that one 15-point <laughs> set. It's crazy. But, yeah, we just had to rely on each other. Um, John Stanley came in, did a great job. Mix still got some kills, and it was great. Yeah. What's this team like away from the court? What's, what's this team like when you guys are just hanging out? Goofballs. <laughs> we, we love hanging out with each other. We all love, well, most of us love playing Super Smash Bros. in our team room. <laughs> and uh, that gets us heated. It's another competitive outlet for us. Wow. But yeah. More competitive, more competitive on the court or Super Smash Bros? Hard to say. <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> That's fair. Who's your go-to character in that game? I like Samus. Okay, um, but you're a Samus I, I have guy. a few. DK, yeah, Duck Hunt. There's, there's uh -huh. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been a Kirby guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, but whatever. If you know, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. Jason, are you going to get in on the Super Smash character choosing? Uh, I'm, I'm going to pass. <laughs> I'm going to pass. The fact I'm still trying to digest you saying Kirby. So <laughs> don't diss on Kirby. That is one bad character. Okay. Oh, I'll agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you brought Super Smash Brothers into the conversation, <laughs> Alex. Um, I want to talk about the home dynamic for you because you obviously married a fantastic women's volleyball player who has since graduated and moved on, McKenna Miller, now McKenna Miller-Asu. Uh, how does she approach you now being in the limelight as one of the emerging stars and seniors of BYU Volleyball and she's not playing? What's, what's that relationship like? It's, it's super fun. I've never met anyone as supportive as her, and she's always got my back. And she is way more support. Like, she's just super fiery about everything. And so it's really fun. And I think just her knowing the game makes a big difference because, you know, I, I talk to other people or other family, and they just don't quite know volleyball. They're like, hey, great job. But Max, like, hey, you, you swung really well here. You, like, you did this, you did this. And so it's a really fun dynamic, actually. What's the biggest adjustment you guys feel you need to make, or what are you guys planning on working on today um, that you look back on last night and say, okay, that's where we need to get better against this, this team tomorrow? Yeah, um, I mean, we've always talked about communication. That's got to be better. It's hard with all the fans going, but there's lulls, and, and we can hear each other when we're you know this far apart. We just got to talk. And then absolutely serving. Is we got to – Especially on our home turf, we got to be able to serve the ball in. We got to be able to put pressure on the other team, make them play, right? I said service error a combined 49 times last night between BYU and Mount Olive. So I'm hoping Saturday does not present that scenario for both sides just because it's hard to get into a rhythm, right? Yeah, it is. It's super hard. You, it, you can't win games if you're just giving them points, you know? Yeah, really tough. Okay, Alex, uh, before you go, we need to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, of course, so that uh, you can get back to work, do your thing on Saturday night. 
And for what it's worth, I mean, it is, you have really bided your time. You've been very patient, you have waited, and now here you are. So how are you handling this season emotionally uh, after, you know, waiting in the wings and playing behind Gabby Garcia Fernandez, but, but now you're one of the guys. How does that feel? feels good, and honestly, I'm just trying to take it in as it comes. I take each day, live in the moment. So I'm trying to have a lot of fun with it, and you can probably see it out there. Like, normally I'm kind of a quiet guy. I'm just a nice person, and then when I get out there, I'm just all emotions. Just yes. let it go. <laughs> let it out. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, it's uh, really exciting. Yeah, well, don't sell yourself short. You're a high flyer. You <laughs> swing and hit a heavy ball, and I love the way you serve, man. Sometimes – I think the ball is going to hit the top of the Smithfield house when you toss that up. So I don't know how you figured out that timing, but it's incredible. Yeah, high is always better, right? Let's go, man. How, how confident are you in your Niners uh, oh, yeah, at the Rams? Niners fan. Super confident. Okay. I'll always take them. Okay. Yeah. Seven right. straight over the Rams. You're feeling good about it? Feeling great about you it. You and Freddie Warner? I yeah, I wouldn't want to play anyone else. Okay, let's go, man. It's going to be fun. It's a fun weekend. It really is. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, coming up, our rising shout-out to the Freds. And um, at this point, <laughs> maybe we should just stop making double down picks. <laughs> we can discuss it next, and we will. This is BYU Sports. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Eighth-ranked BYU men's volleyball looks to make it two in a row over Mount Olive tomorrow. Watch the match live at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the application. Just do it. Do BYU it. Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Don't forget, download the podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. Jason, I can't wait to do this next part of the show. What, Been show waiting how all morning. Been waiting all morning for this. <laughs> it is time for our Double Down Picks recap from last night's BYU unfortunate and unexpected loss at Santa Clara. Jason, remind the people what you picked. Uh, I said Seneca Knight will score at least 14 points for the third straight game. He did not. Okay. Uh, he scored seven points, so no point for me on that one. I also did not get a point on my second choice, which I said BYU will have five or more players score in double digits. BYU had four. Four scored in double figures, Jason. Yes. And BYU lost. I know. Look, we know why they lost. There was just too many mistakes down the end. They, they did enough to win that game in terms of, like, their stats. Yeah. Okay, remember how I said yesterday, if Santa Clara gets to their season average, then BYU is in big trouble. Well, guess what Santa Clara did last night, Jason? They hit their season average right on the head. Yeah. It took a last-second shot, but when BYU's up 74-70 with the ball and 40 seconds to play, I'm like, oh, there's no way Santa Clara's going to for sure not hit their season average, and they're probably not going to get to 74, but they did bowl, so I didn't get that point. Okay. Number two, I said Fus Traore would have 12 points and 10 rebounds. I was just one bucket short. He needed two more points. He did have his double-double. He was incredible on the boards. You get you don't get a half a point for that. No, though. but I still score no points. All right, here's uh, Jerems. Jerems said Alex Barcella was the game's leading scorer by four point, excuse me, four plus points. Mm -hmm. uh, that was incorrect. Uh, he was not the leading scorer. Uh, Jalen Williams was, and he outscored Barcelo by six, so no right. points for Jerem. Oh, for six, baby? Yeah, his uh, second pick, BYU wins by seven or more points. Uh, the number is irrelevant because BYU lost. Oh, boy. Jerem should never project BYU to win with anything with a seven in it. Seven, agreed. Plus, agreed. Seven plus. No, no, no more. No I'm more sevens. I'm putting the loss on Jerem. No more sevens. Standings remain. Jerem, 29 points. I have 16. Jason and Dave, 
in their bench roll of <laughs> a combined five. So, so meaningless. <laughs> now our picks for tomorrow's Pacific game. What is Jerem going to pick? I'll read the first. You read the second, Jason. Okay. He says Pacific will score 59 points or fewer on their home floor. I like it. Okay. All right, his second. Someone will foul out of the game. He doesn't even (laughs) specify what team. (laughs) Just said someone. Random. Wow. Okay, well, those are Jerem's picks. Here's mine. Hey, you thought Jerem's picks were mailing it in. Wait till you hear mine. (laughs) My first one, BYU will not lose. Okay? They're not losing this game. I'm not even mad. I'm not okay. even mad. All right. And then also, BYU will win the turnover battle. Ooh, Those are my two. That that actually has been an Achilles heel yeah. for BYU. They've turned the ball over a lot lately. Yeah. So is not losing this basketball game yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Number one for me, BYU is a 15-point favorite overall, according to Ken Pomeroy. They have not typically been a good first-half team. I think BYU will figure some things out and come out strong in the first half. Okay. They will lead by eight or more at the half. Okay, I like okay. it. So like they'll the have optimism. a quick start. Okay. All right? It'll be different. And Foos, sticking with him, he'll have his fourth straight double-double, Jason. It's been a remarkable run for him. He's a stud. He's averaging eight points, nine rebounds. It's, it's going to be four straight double-doubles. Okay, our question of the day. Did last night's loss to Santa Clara hurt BYU's pride or tournament resume more? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Biggest BYU Fan says, I'd say BYU's pride. BYU still has an amazing resume. Santa Clara's not a bad loss because they've had some great wins. Their team is healthy, which they were last night. I mean, come on, man. Fred Warner came to watch BYU play. BYU's got to come up clutch for the future Super Bowl champ. All right, that brings us to our Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Shoutout to the actual Fred Warner yeah. who was at the game. Uh-huh. And then the guy in the Fred Warner jersey who looked nothing like Fred Warner. Yeah, two Fred Warners. Two Freds the at the place. game last night. fantastic. Got to win in front of Fred. Come on. Our thanks to today's guests, Roxy Bernstein and Alex Asu. Conversation continues 24-7. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Wayne Young.